Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. Good morning, Jundo. How are you today? I, I have no time to tell you because my task today is to explain the entire Makahanya Haramita Shingyo, the heart of the Perfection of Wisdom Sutra, in one episode, which gives me already the clock's ticking. I have less than 25 minutes to do this. You know, it's a good idea that you've chosen this topic because I'm really sick and my voice, I don't know if you can hear it, doesn't sound good. So I don't really want to say too much this time. So... Over to you, Jundo. What is the Heart Sutra? You're not even going to have to say much. You're going to have to say again and again, whenever I tell you, what? The emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. Bingo, let's go. This is called the Heart of the Perfection of Great Wisdom Sutra. It's a heart because it summarizes all the other perfection of Great Wisdom Sutras, which come in all kinds of sizes. There were some of 7,000 lines, 10,000 lines, 100,000 lines, and the heart of the perfection of Great Wisdom Sutra got it down to like about a page. That's why it's the heart. Now you're going to ask me, I know, what is Great Wisdom? And why is it a perfection? It's a perfection because it's it's something that perfects us when we know it. And Great Wisdom is to understand about what, Kirk? The emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. Right, because when you understand that, all the suffering that comes from our believing we live in a divided world vanishes. Or, shall I say, we see it a new way, we experience it a new way. Thus, it is the perfection of great wisdom. Wisdom means to see beyond our divided world. We believe there's a me living in a world. You have your me, your you, that believes it's living in a world that's apart, and that world is often disappointing. Things you love come and go. Some are born, but they also die. Things you wish for uh, don't always turn out. Uh, Things you love uh, to have happen don't happen. You're filled with disappointment. But in the what, Kirk? The emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. There can be no loss because it is the emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. In other words, things are so whole, you cannot have lack. You cannot even have coming and going because whole cannot be more whole. It cannot be less whole because it's whole. So even death, I I give the famous example of the ocean, the waves rise, the waves fall. This is like we're born, things come, and then they disappear, things go. But the ocean remains the same. So there really is no coming or going. This is the basic point of the Heart Sutra, which not only when you understand intellectually, but when you experience, you're free. It's liberation. Shall we get started, Kurt? Go ahead. First, we need to discuss this term emptiness, which a lot of people don't understand. I don't think it's a good translation, but explain what you mean by emptiness. They used to say the void, which was even 
oi, they the void. It was even worse. <laughs> it, it sounded like there's nothing. There's empty. It's nihilistic. It's it's a big. You got to realize that there's just a big nothing, nada. That's not what it is. It's empty of separation. Empty of separate self existence, which means all the empty things are actually one whole. And when you have the whole, you cannot have conflict because I need something to be separate from me to have conflict with. I need something separate from me, which causes friction. But when we experience the wholeness, there is no lack. There is no friction because it is what, Kirk? The emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. Okay, I think I only got 17 minutes left. I got to get into this. So this is about wisdom. Wisdom is the perception of and the understanding in your bones of this. What is it, Kurt? Uh, The emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. Which is why the sutra starts off with Avalokitesvara, the bodhisattva of compassion, a.k.a. canon. Canon. Now, wait a second. This is about wisdom. Why are you talking about compassion? You know, in Buddhism, these go together, compassion and wisdom. Little footnote, in the longer version of this, It's actually the Buddha who starts off this conversation. It has to be the Buddha talking for it to technically be a sutra. So in the Tibetan version, the Buddha goes, hey, guys, I'm the Buddha. Over to you, canon. (laughs) So that's why. That's why it starts with canon in the short version, which we read in Japanese. Okay. Anyway, here you have canon who's talking about compassion. Now, compassion, we usually think is worldly compassion, which it is. I'm not discounting this. We Buddhists are into things like lending a shoulder to someone who needs something to lean on, lending an ear to somebody who wants a friend to listen, feeding the hungry, housing the poor. This is compassion with a small s. And Buddhists, by the way, you don't escape from this. We have to do that. But Avalokitesvara, a.k.a. canon, is talking about what I might term great compassion, which happens to be the same as wisdom. The compassion is to show the sentient beings who are suffering that there are no sentient beings suffering because there are no separate sentient beings, and there's nothing lacking, and there is no death, and there is no loss. And I know that's hard to believe because we live in such a tragic world where there's loss and death and things, So this is another point of the Heart Sutra. They're all true. We live in a world of birth and death and hungry children. We live in a a world of people lonely who need our comfort. We live in a world of hungry mouths that we need to feed. But also in the, what is it, Kurt? The emptiness of separate existence, which is indeed the wholeness of everything. Believe it or not, in the ocean, beyond the waves, there are no lacks. Nothing is missing. There are no separate beings to suffer. There is nothing separate to be longed for. Nothing can be lost, even though your cat died. In the wholeness, your cat is still here because you are the wholeness. The cat is the wholeness. And that means nobody's gone anywhere. Okay? You got the basic premise. Well, my cat didn't die, but I get your point. I'm not talking about your cat. I'm talking about cats in general, Kirk. Okay. Okay. All right. So anyway. That's why Avalokitesvara, a.k.a. Canon, is talking about compassion here, even though it's the wisdom of the Prajnaparamita, the deep practice of perfect wisdom. It's the same thing. 
It's seeing beyond all the separation. And in doing this, Avalokitesvara, I want to say she or he, but we've covered this before. Canon is both. Perceive the emptiness of all five conditions. Now, this is where the Heart Sutra is a response to early Buddhism. Early Buddhism was very philosophical, analyzing the processes by which we divide the world into pieces. It was 2,000 years ahead of its time in doing that, because neuroscience is just catching up. Truly, the process of the five conditions is an excellent discovery and description of what modern science understands of how we perceive the world, a.k.a. there is form, something outside, let's call it atom, photon, okay? It somehow contacts our senses, sensation. This is through the sense organ, the eye, the ear, the nose, okay? Something is perceived. This is the process between by the raw sensation of the incoming photon. The electrical contact of the nerve endings, for example, gets up to the brain. Perception, formation means mental formation, the ideas that are created in the modeling in the brain based on the sense data which has entered, which creates our image of an external world, of which I don't know you, Kirk. I'm seeing you as pixels on a screen here, and, but I know you're there. But even then, you're just photons entering my eye. And I'm creating an image. This is my friend Kirk, who is not me. I have this modeling going on in my brain. That creates the sense of self-consciousness, my self-awareness, of being aware now of the visual thing, which I then proceed to divide to into Kirk is not me. I am Jundo over here. That table over there is not me. I am Jundo over here. So we have now even the hand on my the the hand at the end of my arm is a little ambiguous. It's me, but yet it's kind of not because it's out there a little bit, right? We live in a world where there's a sense of me and this all this rest of the world which is not. This is created by the five conditions. But when you toss them all in the great soup, which is emptiness, emptiness of what, Kurt? The emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. The whole process of separating and dividing reverses, and you're left with the wholeness beyond death, beyond coming and going, beyond anything lacking, which means we are, as the next line of the Heart Sutra says, free of suffering. Because my suffering is my disappointment at how the world that's not me is, my worry about what it's going to become, my willingness to, not willingness, my, my wish that it be some way, and when it's not that way, I'm disappointed. My regret for something that happened yesterday, but when it's so whole, there can be no regret, there can be no lack, there can be no fear. All that you're describing brings us back to a previous episode, I'll link in the show notes, about dukkha, which is the word that's translated into suffering in English. So essentially, you're saying if you can just give up all these ideas of things not being the way you want, to summarize, then you realize the emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything, right? Which, which is the cure for dukkha. See, it all ties together. Now, we're still living in a world of separate things. There are Buddhists and other folks, meditators, who want to get only to that world of emptiness, and they want to get completely beyond all the d- division. 
most Zen Buddhists say, look, we're still here in this world of division. It's going to still suck when your cat dies. Okay? There's still going to be, <laughs> sorry to say, hungry children we have to feed. There's still going to be things you hope for in life that disappoint. But our goal in Zen practice is to realize that the, what is it, Kirk? The emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. And this divided world are one and the same, seen two different ways. And it's wrong to go either way. If you're only in the world of division, we say you're ignorant. If you're only in the world of emptiness, you're lost in emptiness. Our practice is to see the wholeness of everything, which is the world of division. So thus it says, O Shariputra. By the way, Shariputra is kind of the foil here. He's this really intellectual, philosophical guy who's asking all these questions of Avalokitesvara, a.k.a. Canon. And uh, Shariputra is very, uh, like the ancient Buddhists, very analytical. And this whole sutra is making fun of this philosophical, analytical tendency, saying, Shariputra, put down all your philosophy and just realize the wholeness. Thus, Form is no other than emptiness. It's like two sides of a no-sided coin, Kirk. Emptiness is no other than form. Form is precisely emptiness. Emptiness precisely form. You see, we live in a divided world, but we do not. But it's wrong to say we don't live in a divided world. We only live in wholeness. That would be wrong, too. Realize that you're, you're in this sometimes sucky world of things born and, and lost and dying and disappointing, but there's also this other perspective, which is beyond it. I got to get going here. I'm watching the clock. So then we get, okay, sensations, perceptions, formations, and consciousness. That's that mental process, I said, the five skandhas that divide the, the world are also like this. They are also emptiness. Give up your philosophizing about this mental process. If you really want to find the cure that the Buddha was prescribing, it's this emptiness, which is the wholeness of everything. Okay? Shariputra, everything, all things are expressions of emptiness. Not born. Not destroyed. You can't in wholeness, the waves come, the waves go, but the wholeness is whole. So there's nothing born, nothing destroyed. Nothing is stained or pure. You know, even we judge things. For example, this is clean, this is dirty. This is human judgment of differences, okay? And we live in a world like, I got a sink full of dishes, I got to clean them. But in the wholeness, it's so whole that there's no dishes to clean. And even our judgments of stained and pure kind of fade away into kind of, it's, it's not just the neutrality. There's something pure about it because it's so whole, okay? So not stained, not pure. Neither waxing nor waning. That, that's a lovely way to say nothing coming or going. Waves rise, waves fall, but really nothing has gone because the ocean is still there. Okay? Now, how empty is it? Ask me how empty is it, Kurt? How empty is it? Well, I, can I answer that? It's, it's absolutely empty. It's so absolutely empty that even the word emptiness is empty, we say. Don't get caught up on a thing. This is a wholeness so whole that if you try to stick it as an idea in the stupid box between your ears, it just gets turned into another thing and an idea. I like to say it's the process of the whole of reality, so whole, so flowing, that even the, the word emptiness does it an injustice. So, and it is so empty that 
get this, when it says it's not form, not sensation, not perception, not formation, nor consciousness, because so radically empty is it that those things don't even exist for to be empty. Now, again, the process of understanding the world by the early Buddhists began. No eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. These were the sense organs. Basically, the eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, and the body is touch, right? Mind is considered a sense organ because we, we have an inner world, right? Where we're not actually touching something. We're not actually see something, but we visualize it, right? So that's why mind is considered a sense organ. They talk about the six senses here, but it's not about ESP. It's there's an eye, an ear, a nose, a tongue, a body, touch, and there's mind, which is your inner world. Okay? And then there's the, according to the analysis, what those organs do. The eye does sight, the ear does sound, the nose does smell, right? The mind thinks of things called the objects. Are, got it? Then you got. Uh, this actually, they, they spend a lot of time here on a very simple thing. Then you got the realm of sight, the realm. It, it doesn't list them all, but it says the realm of hearing, the realm of smell. That's the outside thing you smell. Let me just make it short. You got your eye, you got sight, you got the things seen, and you got your experience of seeing. You got your nose, you got the things smelt. You got the smelling, and you got the experience of smelling, okay? Or in your inner life, you got the mind, you got the thing you dream of, the experience of thinking about it, okay? You got how this goes? Yeah. What is it all, Kirk? It's all just the emptiness of separate existence, which is the absolute wholeness of everything. Which is another way that the Heart Sutra writers were saying to the early Buddhists, your analysis was brilliant, wonderful, not wrong. But do you really want to get to the cure for what it's all pointing to? It is what, Kirk? The emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. Now, ignorance is when we live in a world that is seen as divided. And most of us do before we come to Buddhism and get enlightened, right? We live in a world where Kirk is not me, things die, things are disappointing. Then we come to Buddhism and we want to get unignorant. Okay? The Heart Sutra is saying if you want to get unignorant, you have to realize what, Kirk? That the emptiness of separate existence is the wholeness of everything. You can, let's shorten it. We're running out of time here. Just say the, the wholeness of everything from now on. Okay? The wholeness of everything. Okay, the wholeness of everything. When you realize the wholeness of everything, it's so whole, so empty that there was not even ignorance and there's not even enlightenment. And when you're enlightened, realizing the what, Kurt? The wholeness of everything? It's so whole, and when you're enlightened, you realize it, that there's not even ignorance or enlightenment because they're all empty. You get how this logic goes? So that's why it says, no ignorance, no end to ignorance. Because it's so empty, so whole, that you even toss out those words, man. They're just more words, more separate things you're chasing after. And when you realize that, you're no longer ignorant. <laughs> okay? Now, uh, we usually suffer because we're old age. We have, we have old age. We get sick and we die. This was Buddhism 101. He went out of the palace. He saw an old man. He got sick. He died. What is it? What is it, Kirk? The wholeness of everything. So there's not even age and sickness and death. 
even though asterisk in this world, of course, we're still going to get old, sick, and die. Realize that the Mahayana Buddhists, the Zen masters, realize we live in both realms of two. We are the waves that come and go. You're going to live for a while, and then you are, the Sanskrit word is kaput. But, <laughs> but you're still the ocean. You're still the wholeness. And when you realize that, you're kaput in one sense, but in one sense, you're not kaput because you were never really born. You were the ocean. You're still the ocean. You will be the ocean. Thus, even the words old age and death are empty, so empty, let's get rid of them. There's no cessation of old age and death because there's no old age and death to end. That's how whole it is. That's like talking about how do I get rid of flying pink elephant? Huh? What's the cure for flying pink elephants? And I point out to you, there never were flying pink elephants. Therefore, I don't need a cure. It's the same thing with old age and death. They're flying pink elephants. So much so, there's no cessation to flying pink elephants because there never were. There's no cessation to old age and death because there never were. Thus, there's no suffering. We've already covered that uh, suffering is dukkha, which is the division. And the Four Noble Truths were there's there's suffering, and here's the cure to suffering, and then we're going to have a path, and you, you do these things, you study these things, you, you live this way. We still need to do that. We still need to live in an ethical way. We, we may meditate, we may do many things, but it's all empty. It is what, Kurt? The wholeness of everything. So there's not even suffering? If there's not even suffering, there's no cause for it. There's no cause. You don't need a cure, because it's so empty. And thus, you have what, Kurt? The cure, you see? But doesn't this, can't this lead some people to just say, none of this matters at all? No, it's not nihilism. It's not nihilism. Uh, Master Dogen's point was, we have to realize this in the Sanskrit word, the kishkis, in the guts, you know, down there, in the bones, okay? We have to live it. You cannot be filled with greed and anger and divided thinking and realize this so easily. You have to practice this. But what it's telling you is even as you practice it, it's always true. You are always the ocean man. You're the wave. You got to do some things maybe to realize your oceanness, but you were the ocean all along, whether you realize it or not. Or not. So there was no suffering. Thus, there's no cause or end to suffering. There's no path to get there. And we walk the path in all, all order to realize that it's so empty that there is no suffering and thus no path. There's no wisdom. There's no gain because it's always here. We're always the wholeness of the ocean. So we cannot gain the ocean. We're already it, you see. You can't gain it. And when you realize this, you've gained the wisdom. You've gained the wisdom of realizing that you, what you were along and there was nothing to gain because you were already it. The wholeness of everything. Yeah. Do we get a commercial halftime here? I got to keep going. <laughs> okay. So all bodhisattvas, bodhisattvas are those who vow to, to help the other sentient beings. How do you help the other sentient beings, Kirk? What do you show them? You show them the wholeness of everything. That's what the bodhisattva vows to do, to save the other sentient beings by showing them their oceanness, this wholeness, this, this flowing ocean, oh, wholeness. By the way, I use the word ocean. I'm doing it injustice because I'm short of time here. Okay. How much time I got left, by the way? Take all the time you need, Jundo. No, 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 no. I, I want to set a record here for Heart Sutra, the fastest Heart Sutra in the world. Okay, well, you... For the Guinness Book. You got three minutes. Okay, I'm going to finish it, because fortunately it gets, it gets really... Okay, 
So anyway, the Bodhisattvas show this Prajnaparami to this perfection of wisdom to the sentient beings that there was no death, that there was always whole, and they've got it. Okay? And when they get it, because they realize the wholeness, there's no hindrance of mind. You can't be hindered because there's no friction. There's no friction because there's what, Kirk? Come on, let's go. What? What? what the wholeness what? of everything. Right. Okay. And then you're far beyond all delusion because you realize nirvana is already here. The ocean, the wholeness. Ocean doesn't do an injustice because it's more of a process. It's something you can na nail down. I I'm really shouldn't use ocean. But nirvana, it was already here. You already are this wholeness. You already are this. Okay? And all past, present, and future Buddhas, no matter what Buddha they are, they're going to live this and they're going to realize supreme and complete enlightenment. Supreme and complete enlightenment is realizing this. Go ahead, quick. The wholeness of everything. And that's supreme and complete enlightenment, not when you just have it as an intellectual idea, when you've really got it. Therefore, know that. Okay. There's a mantra. A mantra is, in, in some schools of Buddhism, kind of a magic saying that cures everything. And here it says, there's a mantra called the, say it correct, say the long one. The emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. That's the mantra, the prajnaparamita, the perfection of wisdom. People think there's some words at the end, strange words at the end in Sanskrit, and that's the mantra. And sometimes people use the Heart Sutra as itself, something, if you just recited it, it had magic power. The real magic that cures everything, the real magic that satisfies all desire, the real magic that transcends death is not the magic words at the end. It's not the chant itself. It's the prajna paramita that when it's realized, cures everything because it is the emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. And that is the most magic of magic things to cure everything, because there's nothing in need of cure. That's how whole it is. So the, the next few lines just say, what a great mantra this is, okay? This is the mantra, this Prajnaparamita. It's the sacred mantra, man. It's the luminous mantra. It's the supreme mantra. It's the fantastic, stupendous, beyond belief, cheesecake with a cherry on top mantra by which all suffering is clear. It cures everything, man, because there is nothing in need of cure, because it's that whole. Asterisk, but we're still down here in the world. Don't. This is not going to make your cat come back to life, and it's not going to cure your, fat, your, your flat tire or your, your, your bad heart. You, know, you got to see a heart doctor for that. Understand this. This is going to let you see beyond it all, even as you're still down here in this world of separation, okay? People sometimes think when they realize this, all their problems will go away. In a sense, you will realize there were no problems at all because there was only what, Kurt? The emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. I don't have time. Right. Okay. Right, right, right. But we still live down here. Okay. And this is no other than truth. Therefore, set forth the Prajnaparamita mantra, set forth this mantra and proclaim. And then these words at the end, which are often thought to be the mantra, but they're not. And it says, when you realize this, you've gone, gone beyond to the other shore, which means you're enlightened. Here's the kicker. But there was nowhere to go. It was here all along. Done. Congratulations. But I think you wanted to say one more thing before we finish this episode. I'm going to take a deep breath and a swallow water here. Hold on. Can you believe that in Japan, where they always have a lot of fun with anything that's overly serious. There's a speed competition for reciting the Hanya Shingyo, the Heart Sutra. 
And I've seen some guys, unbelievable. it's like a Rubik's Cube, man. They could do like a 30-second, <laughs> you know, a Hani Shingyu. I'm going to try it, okay? I've been practicing for months, all right? I'm not going to set a world record here, but I'm going to go for it. Are you ready? Ready. Go. Busetsumaka hanyahara mita shingyo ho Hanji zai bo satsugyojin hanyahara mita jisho kengo onkai ku do isai ku yakushari shi shiki fui ku ku fui shiki shiki sokuze ku ku sokuze shiki juso gyo shiki yakabunyo ze shari si ze shoho ku so fu sho fu metsufu ku fu jo fu zo fu zen fu gen I already messed it up. Wait a second. Fuzo fugen ze kokuju mu shiki mu ju so gyo shiki mu gen ni bi ze shin ni mu shiki shoko mi soko ho mu gen kai naishi mu ishiki kai mu mu mo yaku mu mu myo jin naishi mu roshi yakamu roshi jin mu kushu mesado mu chi yakamu tokui mu shotoko bodai sata e hanya hara mita koshin mu kege Mu kege ko mu uku fu on ri sai tendo mu so pugyo ne hansan ze sho butsu e hanya hara mita ko toku a nokutara san miyakusan bodai kochi hanya hara mita ze dai jinshu ze dai myoshu ze mu joshu ze mu todo shu no jo i sai ku shinjitsu fu koko setsu hanya hara mita shu soku setsu shu watsu gyate gyate Hara gyate, hara so gyate, boji so aka, hanya shingo. Okay, I made it. Okay. That wasn't perfect, but the perfection of wisdom doesn't have to be perfect, does it? No, because it's what, Kirk? It's the emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. Which means it was perfect even before I opened my mouth. Where do we go from here, Roshi? You tell me, Kirk. We go to explore the emptiness of separate existence, which is the wholeness of everything. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.